do rejoice, Lord. For our personal intention, Lord, hear our prayer. Let all you rejoice, Lord. You sent Christ Jesus into the world to absolve the sins of men. Free all the dead from their sins. Let all who hope in you rejoice, Lord. Gathering our, our prayers and our praises into one. For all intentions announced and unannounced. And for all those to whom we said we would pray for them. Let us offer the prayer that Jesus Christ himself taught us. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us pray. God of mercy, hear the prayers of your people that we may be helped by St. Callistus, whose martyrdom we celebrate with joy. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So, Lord, be with you. With your Spirit. And Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. I'll be back in a few minutes. He's going to be back in a few minutes. We got about 10 minutes before class, please. Okay. If anybody wants to grab a bite or coffee or anything. Sounds good. See you in a few. Ciao, bambini. <laughs> Has anybody got a good opening line for their, uh, their, Hobbly report. I just can't find the first paragraph. I got one. What's that? Are you sure you want to do this? Ah. Uh. Daniel Escolastico texts me. He says he's running a little late, but he'll be there in a few. Thanks for letting me know that, uh, Lucas. You're welcome. What about Bob Levy? Anybody here from Bob? Let me try to give him a call. I think Dan said he already did. Call them? Yeah, you didn't get an answer though, right? You're muted. Yeah, I didn't get an answer. So I'll call his wife. Yeah, so Peter, I was so crazy today, I just realized I missed a meeting with my spiritual director. Stephen, do I understand properly that for you accountant folk that the postponed deadline from April the 15th is what you guys are working on? Well, extension. 
extensions if you're on extension the, the dates tomorrow that's and that's normal that's okay. a, so Stephen. Yeah. okay may i respectfully suggest you don't beat yourself up oh okay, <laughs> okay. all those folks who use you as their accountant right want you focusing on their taxes please so that they don't uh, okay. be gentle with yourself okay. <laughs> And I, I know a few good criminal lawyers. <laughs> okay, are we all ashore who are going ashore? Okay, okay. Danny Make will come join us a little bit later. Okay, Anthony, welcome. How did your operation go, Anthony? Uh, went really well. Nine and a half hours, pretty long. Do you take lunch breaks? No, nor bathroom breaks. Okay. But don't want to reveal that. Okay. I, I'm not going to go further with other alternatives. Yeah, right. Shall we be at Danny? Welcome aboard. Okay. He's in the process of. Thanks once again for uh, hosting. It's, it's really nothing. It's just once you put it in, it comes up every week. Um, Spellman is still on this mixed schedule. Uh, yeah, today was PSAT day. Oh, so they, I always liked PSAT day. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty easy. Make sure nobody cheats. <clears throat> Which would be impossible. They take everything away from you. But it was a half a day, so that's good. Yeah. Relish them. Okay. Okay. Paul, all set. Yes, speaking. Uh, comfy. Okay. Very much. Good. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So I we've got everyone was able to download your sheets. Um, so this is one of those areas where they didn't put all the rules in one place and that's where I've tried to merge things together for you. Um, I hope it came through those that stuff that's in the red. So the stuff that's in the red for this sheet of paper is not a rubric, but a an amalgamation from the other source. So <laughs> we're talking about bows. We're not talking about decorating with bows. And it signifies reverence and honor to the persons or to the signs that they represent them. Okay, so that signs that represent them probably the best example of that would be the altar itself okay so then whenever we're passing in front of the altar okay we make a bow and so they're saying that there are two kinds of bows so 
when the three divine persons are named together at the name of Jesus, I think most of us were raised with that at least, that you bowed your head whenever the name Jesus was was said. How many remember that oh, were taught that in grammar school? As uh, Bob, welcome aboard. Right? Thanks, Deacon. Hey, guys. Blessed Virgin Mary, and then the saint of the day. Okay. There is a spot in the in the Eucharistic prayer where they may mention the saint of the day, and if he is theoretically, he gets a bow, honored probably more in the breach than in the observance. So. I think we have already talked about if you are carrying something, then you do not genuflect. Okay, have we covered that point? Okay. So back in Deacon Anthony's time, he would say that the cross flanked by the two candles just come into the sanctuary and go immediately to their places. The way that I'm reading this, it would be that. Okay, the cross comes into the sanctuary, there's just that briefest pause, and then the bow of the head. What I'd strongly suggest, guys, is that you're keeping your back straight, okay? Not hunching over your shoulders. All you're doing is just, okay, the chin is going down towards the chest, okay? It's quick and easy, okay? Is that making sense to folk? And then, continuing on down if the blessed sacrament were on that altar okay then it would be a genuflection made by people who are not carrying things but people who are carrying things it's just the bow of that head so far so good okay then okay the bow of the body okay aka deep bow. So this is one of the ones that I will say that <clears throat> until I found a source, I was probably doing incorrectly. I was going over at a 90 degree angle. Okay. And finding out that if I put my the palms of my hand on my kneecaps, okay, that that brought me to 90. And that's way too much. Okay, as we'll see on the next page, we only need to be about a 30. Okay, but it, it is you are bending your back. Okay, at about a 30 degree angle. So not quite 45. I find for me that if I the tips of my fingers go to the tops of my kneecaps, that's about right for the bend. Making sense? Okay, who gets this deep bow? The altar gets the deep bow. When you go into the sanctuary or leave it or you pass by in front of the altar, the bishop gets a deep bow. Or wherever the, and there is a rubric, this is more for priests, where it says that there is to be a deep bow. 
I'm pretty sure that okay, I'll give you the examples. There's again for the priest at the cleanse my heart. Then in that also in the offertory and spiritual humilitatis at the creed is a deep bow. Okay, and in the canon. A deacon would make that bow when he's asking for the blessing. Okay, so far so good? Okay, you readers don't need to worry about that because you don't ask for a blessing for the readings that you would do. The blessing is only for the reading of the gospel. Okay, so ceremonial of Bishop 70, do you see that second paragraph from the bottom? No genuflection, nor deep bow, carrying articles used in the celebration. Okay, so that's where I finally found that rubric. Okay, okay turn the page over. Okay. Before and after incensing the bishop. Um, has Frank assigned you folk roles in the ordination? Who who have who have jobs? I have the book. <clears throat> you have the book. Yeah. Okay. I'm the. I think Anthony has something. Too. I'm the Crozier and the Mitre. Crozier and Mitre for different different ones. Doug, are you booking both both masses? Or you, no, I mean for. Just for ordination? Right. Okay. Anthony, is one for one thing and the other for another thing? I don't think so. I, it, it wasn't stated that it was, you know, for two separate two separate things. So you're doing it for the... As far as I know, the ordination. For the ordination. Okay. Okay. Anybody else have got a, got a job? See, there might be some confusion because David Leano had either the crozier or the mitre. I don't remember anything. He, he had the crozier because now all of a sudden I'm both. Yeah, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. I know. So maybe you should touch base with Deacon Frank. Maybe he, he meant to put someone else in there. I don't know. He assigned me. He knew I was the mitre, so I don't really know. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, okay, but... The, the three who are assisting the bishop with his stuff, so that's Doug Book, okay, and for the right now, Anthony, you the mitre, okay? Remember that the crozier always gets held in the bishop's left hand, okay? Have we talked about this? Um, I was the mitre the first year of the Acolyte and Reader's Mass. Um, right. So you're on the on his right hand side. Okay. Okay. So if you're thinking of it logically, that you've all seen pictures of a bishop coming in in a big cathedral, and sometimes he may be blessing people as he's walking down the aisle. Right. Okay. So he's always going to bless with the right hand, even if you're a lefty. You bless with the right hand. Okay. Therefore. By elimination, the might the the crozier has got to go in the left hand. Okay. Okay. He, so he comes down to into the sanctuary. Theoretically, he is going to hand off the crozier first. 
whoever is on his left hand side is this making sense to people yes okay why is he getting rid of the crozier first and not the mitre first because he needs two hands to take the mitre off so crozier is going first then mitre gets passed over okay and then he proceeds so that means doug you're not needed on the left or the right so your walking in position is right the hell behind him comprende okay and i think yes, if, behind him yep if, if you think of the jobs and the logic of them okay <laughs> remember where you need to be okay got it yes okay Deacon, go. Quick question: Why does the bishop always bless with his right hand, even if he's left-handed? Uh, I'm going to say, as a left-handed person, okay, that this is part of the discrimination that we have faced uh, from the beginning of time in our okay. Western culture. You don't know that. <laughs> deal with, deal with it, uh, because it ain't changing. And is that, it maybe because Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father? Well, I think, I, I think that it he sits at the right hand of the Father precisely because the, the culture okay, went with the predominant number of people okay, with the right hand. Uh, remember, in, for those of you who've traveled to the Middle East, if you think of a Bedouin community... Okay, so they're eating lots of, uh, you know, cut up lamb, okay, with, <clears throat> with rice or whatever, okay, but they're often spooning that with the, with their bread, okay, they're eating more with their hands than we are accustomed to, okay, everybody eats with the right hand, okay, because the left hand which may be easier for some people is used for okay, hygiene purposes and therefore the left hand never goes into the common bowl okay so bob your question is why the right hand preferred okay it's got all kinds of overtones okay comprending okay all right Okay, so things that I was doing wrong, okay? At the end of a psalm, okay? At the end of a psalm was that I used to be making more of a bending of my shoulders, but according to what we've just had here, it should just be the head going down for the naming of the three persons. Clear to folk? So we'll check this out on Saturday when we say the office together. Okay, we'll call that a mini exam. Then requesting the gospel blessing, I've already mentioned that I used to be bending down way more than I needed to. Okay, it should just be that deep bow and not going the 90 degree angle. Plus and that bow of the head when you're entering the sanctuary if you're carrying something everybody clear on that so a lot of go ahead peter 
Uh, I was once told when I was holding the candles not to bow the head because you're afraid of putting your hair on fire. Well, okay. Uh, hopefully, otherwise, when you know that you need, I, I, I think the '60s are over, and most of you don't have hair that's quite that long anymore. Okay. Or any at all. Or any at all. I, I wasn't going to go there, Anthony, but I, since you brought it up, no, uh, don't have that problem. I don't think it is of concern anymore. Okay. Uh, but I don't think that was the reason for it. Okay. Yep, yeah, Paul. Deacon, uh, just a question. It's always I've always been curious about this, and I noticed this from my own parish, and uh, maybe it happens elsewhere too. Uh, it, my my uh, my sanctuary is is fairly typical, where there's the altar table, where the consecration takes place, towards the front of the sanctuary, closer to the people, and then behind it, there's the tabernacle, and it happens to be on the old high altar. Okay. Now, when I'm I say that you're saying it's much like Dunwoody, much like Dunwoody, exactly, exactly. Okay. So I observe that when various priests or deacons cross the sanctuary from one end to the other, perhaps to go for the reading or something like that, some of them will turn towards the altar table, the front, the altar, uh, and bow. Others will turn towards the tabernacle in the rear and bow and yet others will turn towards the tabernacle in the rear and genuflect so i i see them approaching three different ways when they cross the sanctuary and i'm wondering is there a correct way or are all three correct okay here is my understanding paul and a good question okay if the blessed sacrament is either on the altar or right behind it, okay, and not a separate chapel like the cathedral, then coming into the sanctuary that there is a genuflection, okay, down on one knee, okay, I keep going to you to want to just going down on the one knee and ever thereafter the tabernacle is ignored, okay? And the altar then becomes the centerpiece, okay? So coming into the sanctuary, we are acknowledging that the Eucharistic body of Christ is present. We genuflected, okay? And at the very end, we're gonna genuflect again to say goodbye. But the focus of the mass isn't adoring Jesus, it's making Jesus. Is that helpful? Yes. Okay. In, in now, that, yes. All right. So genuflection only in and out. Right. In general. Right. Your other question was in passing by the altar, okay, at, at St. Margaret of Cortona, the priest is on one far left hand side. The ambo is on the other side, and they're a good distance away. The altar is in the center. What you want to do is, if going from A through altar to get to the ambo, it, I think, makes more logical sense and would a 
upset folks who were caring about it if you go to the front of the altar make your bow to the altar rather than going behind the altar which might be just a little bit a shortest distance between two points is a straight line yes yeah you wouldn't i would avoid making the bow to the alt center of the altar with the tabernacle right behind me whereas if i go and i go in front of the altar okay it's at the bow to the altar but it doesn't look like i'm disrespecting the blessed sacrament okay is that too wordy and a response no that, that 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 makes perfect sense i've never seen any of the priests or deacons do that but what you're saying makes absolute sense. Okay. I, again, I, I think that underlying most rubrics, unless there's something coming from ancient times, you know, like this business of the right hand, okay? Uh, Whereas we're holding, it's common sense that should be, I think, the guideline. Even though which, way, which side is the mitre guy walking on? Well, he's going to walk on the side where if he's handing it off to him, okay, that he's he's there to get it. Whereas if the miter guy were on the left-hand side, then we've got all kinds of, we want to do it smoothly. We want to do it in a way that doesn't look like, um, what do we used to call those cops? Um, Keystone. Keystone cops. Keystone cops. It should never look like Keystone Cops, okay? You may not know what you're doing, but you move smoothly and slowly, okay? And in a dignified manner, okay? Does that, now, your question, Paul, okay? John Tremblay had asked me something similar. John, okay, you need to unmute if you're going to respond to this, okay? But does that answer what your email was about? Yes, I, I think so. Because when you're, because in our, in our church, if you're an uh, elector, you're coming on and off the sanctuary twice, right? And if you're an acolyte, you're coming on and off and on and off, right? Um, and then it was always, who do you bow to? The priest, my priest, even said you bow toward the altar or even toward him. And I, my question was, is that because he's now in persona Christi when he's up there, um, or is it? I wasn't sure about that that aspect. Okay. My understanding is the only time that you the rubrics call for uh, the only time you're bowing to the celebrant, a deacon would be bowing when he's asking for the blessing. Okay, I need to double check this, and I don't have an answer off the top of my head, but I think there might be a bow of the head only at the lavabo, okay? Right. When he's finished washing his hands, that he might bow, okay? But it's the head only, um, okay? The, the celebrant's not the focus of the celebration in quite the same way a bishop would be, okay? Did I tell you? <laughs> All, right. All right, so this is a naughty story, right? If I have told you this already, stop me. I was serving a funeral in not my own parish. It was the somebody from one of the nursing homes that I help with 
they had died and this is now in their parish and I am the deacon of the word and the priest is a newly ordained priest and he is celebrating his first funeral mass ever at his first mass but his first funeral mass okay I go and ask for the blessing okay he's sitting down okay so as I'm bending I said but you're not a bishop yet Why was I saying that, Doug? I'm not sure. Because he was sitting. Because he was sitting. Only well, the bishop. Oh, but why would you say that to him, though? You're just offended. Uh, because I was, I was being snotty. Snotty. Okay, and I probably should not have done that. I, I am confessing my, uh, my error. Um, good manners would have been to have. But the doesn't the bishop, the bishop would be standing too, wouldn't he? No, I don't think the bishop ordinarily is going to, bishops can give that blessing sitting down. Okay. Remember, if we go back to the old rubrics, you asked for that blessing of a bishop kneeling. Not anymore. Okay. And certainly not with, certainly not with Dolan. Okay. Dolan does not want you, you know, looking like you're going the extra mile because he wants things speeded up. Is that making sense? So, so Dolan would be standing. So Dolan is usually standing, yes. In other words, he takes the big hand and be ready for it because it's heavy. Okay. Dan, you, Dan, you, you look like you've received it. Okay. And okay, Peter. What do you say uh, when you present yourself before the celebrant for the blessing, or do you say nothing? Okay, it's in the rubrics, okay? Your blessing, Father. It's in the German. Okay. Thank you. Deacon, as a both a servant and a Eucharistic minister, I used to you know, bow the head to the celebrant or the authors. That was like, you, you give them, the, as a altar servant, the water and the wine, you bow after, same thing with washing the hands. Yeah, and, and, and I have to go look for that because I, I, I don't recall seeing it in the germ. Okay, at our break, I'm going to go look for it, okay? Because if it doesn't, even though it may be widely done, okay, it would probably be done because it was in the old rubrics, but our rules ought to be, if it doesn't say it, do the red, say the black, don't add, don't subtract. Seminarians do that. They say do, again? The seminarians do do that. They bow for the water and the wine. And okay, let's, okay, let's all go look at the germ at the break. Okay? Because okay, if we can't find it, then it isn't, doesn't exist. Now, as Eucharistic ministers in your parish, okay, now this is one, and I'm pretty sure I talked with you guys with, about this before, is if you are told to go to the tabernacle to bring the ciborium to the altar, the usual procedure is 
you unlock the door, you open the door, you genuflect, you take the blessed sacrament, and you go directly to the altar. Okay? In closing, the sacrament goes in, you genuflect, then you close the door. That's not in the germ, as I'm pretty sure I mentioned in a previous class, because the germ doesn't foresee you going to the tabernacle. Okay? They wanted best practices of that all of the hosts that were distributed were consecrated at that mass. Okay? That making sense? So it's why that particular rubric is not there. One of the things that I noticed in, uh, let's say, in something like uh, Holy Thursday, where we had lots of communion stations, this is all pre-pandemic, lots of communion stations, and for Holy Thursday, we were giving out the cup at all of the communion stations, was to say to folk, once you are carrying the Blessed Sacrament, okay, you bow to nobody. Everybody with me on that one? Okay. It's the boss that you're carrying. So you pass by a bishop, you don't bow. Okay. You're carrying the Blessed Sacrament. Okay. Just thought I would throw that in. Make sense? Other questions? Okay. When you when you in the beginning of when you're using incense and you bring the incense and the boat to the prayer prior to the gospel, do you bow then to the priest? I don't think it says that. Okay. okay. In other words, if you look at the list on this first page. They're giving you the list of where you make a bow, either a bow of the head or a deep bow, and those bows are not not listed in there. Okay. You with me on that? So that's what I'm going on, George. Right? In other words, I, I think lots of people may do it, but if it isn't there, it is. You don't want to make things bigger in other words what they're trying to do is to get back to a kind of simplicity okay where sure we don't want to ignore people or be irreverent but we also don't want to we have people going into cardiac arrest because they missed a bow or two okay are you with me okay so it was the getting rid of a lot of the what i'm going to call the accretions that came in okay things that came out of devotional uh, goodwill but didn't belong okay comprending sure. i'm going to suggest a taking a 10 minute break at this point where I'm going, and if you've got your germ nearby or the Roman Missal, why don't you go see what you can find, right? and we'll come back in 10 minutes. Okay? 
and I will be here. I'm just going to get the book. In 273 of the Germ, it seems to me pretty explicit Sorry, it's 274. Okay. During mass, three genuflections. Okay, and the next paragraph down. If, however, the tabernacle is situated in the sanctuary, the priest, deacon, and other ministers genuflect when they approach the altar and when they depart from it, but not during the celebration of mass itself. Right. So that explicitly is talking to the point that Paul had brought up. Okay. Do you see that, Paul? I do. I'm following along. Yes. That's exactly it. All right. Now, in that list of, the George, what you're talking about, bringing the Cruets or bringing the Thurible and Boat over to the celebrant, okay, if it isn't listed in the, in number 274, okay, then I went and go back into number ba -bum, ba -bum. go back to one forty two in the germ. Number one forty two in the germ. After this, as the minister presents the cruets, the priest stands at the side of the altar and pours wine and a little water. Okay. He returns to the middle. There's no mention of any bows there. Right. You with me on that? Yes. So again, in words, what I'm what I'm saying is, if if we're going to go with that principle of you don't add and you don't subtract. So if it says to do it, you do it. Okay. But we can wind up, you know, we start adding things and then when, where do you stop? Hi, Nadine. Hi, how are you? I'm sorry about that. Thank you. And I'll see you in the morning. Yes. Okay. You can. Yeah. Now, in my church, there is definitely a lot of head bowing going on. Um, would it be okay? I mean, I don't know. To me, just ask the priest this this specific question because we are studying it and ask him ask him why and and uh, as long as you do it gently. Otherwise, you know, if he's the one doing it, okay, I wouldn't correct him, okay, but I wouldn't do it. You, you with me? Okay. It's okay to ask why, though, right? I mean, I'm not going to offend the guy. You just say, hey, I'm studying this. Why Why are we doing it? Right? Making sense of the question that he's asking and, and my response to it. Okay? You always want to do this delicately. Yeah. Okay. Again, I, I, I see in the germ, therefore, that there, there, there is no reference to any type of bowing, either with the... the uh, presenting the priest with the water and the wine or with the washing of the hands. There's no bowing whatsoever. But 
course, we were taught that as young kids. Maybe maybe it was a remnant of the old mass, perhaps, that carried over. So well, weren't you taught under the old mass, Paul? Yeah. yeah, well, just around the change, but yes. So then what about when you're doing the insensation of the priest? You bowed to him prior to doing that, correct? At the consecrate? I'm looking at, okay, I'm looking at our sheet and it says you're going to bow to the bishop. Um, doesn't say to do that okay I, I I do it but I probably should not be doing it in other words that's we'll a look totally, at the next page. totally unhelpful answer to you George right Deacon <clears throat> George what about the next page CB 91 <clears throat> that, that would confuse me then reading that Ah, okay. So I there I, that that solves our problem. Okay. CB ninety one says a profound bow is made. So that's adding on to the germ. Okay. So we are bowing for the insensation, George. Okay. Who was the one who brought that to our attention? I. Now who said ninety one? I did. <clears throat> uh, yeah, thank you, Doug. I mean, you're your notes. I wouldn't have known that. <clears throat> I was just confused for a minute. Because <clears throat> I see people doing it. Speaking. But as a side note for uh, talking about incensing, I've been at some masses where the celebrant will incense the altar and the book of gospels and then i'll see the other ones just do the book of gospels and not the altar is there a reason for that okay could you repeat it again and mars god mention or when in the mass are we talking about i've seen them at like say it's a solemnity well i've seen them sometimes i'll see it where they just incense the the the, uh, the lectionary or book of gospels for the gospel but then other masses, they'll do that, but they'll also, before that Eucharistic uh, uh, celebrate, celebration, the, he actually goes around and incense the altar itself, too. But not always. Okay. Uh, let me just get back here because it's it's a list. Isn't, is it, isn't that up to the celebrant? Yes. Bob, it's, the answer to that is in the germ number 276. 276 of the germ. Okay. And it says incense may be used optionally in any form of mass. That's a change that in the old days you were not allowed to do it in what was called a low mass. Can do it at any time but may be used during the entrance procession then at the beginning of mass 
then the gospel emerges. You don't have to use all of them. Right. You may pick and choose. Okay. Yep. Am I making sense? On perfect. When your when your guy came in, okay, or is it if he if he has uh, used incense during the entrance procession, they arrive. He may choose at that point to greet the altar by incensing it. Okay. And if he's incensing it, okay, he really has a choice of whether to go back and forth or go around. Okay, but if he does, at some part, in the words that he also incenses the crucifix. So where you were saying he was incensing the book of the Gospels, maybe if that was on the altar, okay, he was giving it a shot. But he's really incensing the crucifix okay okay does that make sense eh? yep. the gospel procession is an entirely different thing okay okay, okay. clear yep all right it's a good George. when you do a gospel procession and it's the candles and the you know the thoroughfare and the boat right um and then you give it to the priest or the deacon to do the incensation of the of the book of the gospel. Do you, you take it back? Do you remain there and continue to let the smoke billow at the ambo, or do you take it back? I think it's going to really depend on what your local situation is. Okay, um, I don't know if you've ever been up the hill to St. Gabriel's. Yes, but we are merely the basement of the school building, even though it. I kind of like it, but we have a low ceiling, okay? And very often, or is that there was a time when, okay, as soon as incense was used, it wasn't put on a stand over on the side. It was taken back to the sacristy because otherwise we had hundreds of people, I'm exaggerating, hundreds of people coughing, okay, um, and threatening to pass out, okay? So... When you're reading the gospel, it can happen that that smoke kind of gets in your throat, okay, and dries it up. Okay, so you may, I would not be, I'd not be, not be swinging it during the reading of the gospel, okay? And how close you are, if it's pretty smoky, I'd be moving away from the ambo, okay? And even consider that once he was done and handed it back to you I don't know that it would be wrong to prevent a bigger tragedy it was taken to where it's removed to okay does that make sense again hopefully common sense it makes it makes a lot of sense um but coming you know for the five years that I've been at St. John's we've had four different seminarians and all four of them you know, I've been doing the same thing. When we do insensation, the more smoke, the merrier, the whole, I mean, where it's to my, my prevail, if I'm standing there and I'm the one blowing, you know, moving the thoroughfare, I'm gagging on the, on the smoke. Okay. The function of incense is not to gag the reader. Yeah. Okay. And if it's gagging the reader, then 
then the boys need to be reminded of some common sense things. Right. Okay? Uh, because they're in the seminary doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. Okay? I don't want to say that they all don't know, but... Right, I get it. I understand. I mean... In other words, it, Okay. I'm trying to be diplomatic. Um, we won't repeat. Sometimes too much lace, okay, is not really Roman right. Okay. Read between the lines. Okay. Okay. But in other words, I, I, before I was saying what, as I guess it was uh, John who was saying, I, we were reading in the German, I don't, didn't see this. Okay. Now, if his pastor is going to say, I know it's not there and I'm doing it anyway, then he's just going to keep his mouth shut. Okay. Whereas it's a different ball game. Okay, where if this is a first or second year seminarian, okay, okay, and we're studying this too, right? Okay, am I making sense? And if it's a first or second year guy, you're going to be in orders before he is. That's something you would um, just send an email to uh, Father Ernest about if we were just curious. Okay, you don't want to uh, read between the lines. <laughs> okay, obviously, Father Ernest is is your, your ultimate resource person. Okay, but you, you do, what, what, what you don't what we don't want to do is let rubrics develop into a nitpicking kind of exercise. Okay that it is the function of all of this is to assist the prayer of the assembly. Okay. And it's not private devotion. Am I making sense of that? Okay. Um, I'm right and you're wrong. Then we're starting to get off in our ego games, which I don't know that those would be appropriate. I made that mistake already, Deacon. I said to my, my pastor, I said, you know, I, I sent an email to Father Ernest about this, and this is what he said. And my pastor goes, oh, is that what he said? <laughs> so I said, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> On an entirely different matter, not to do with rubrics, I know a priest who wrote to the Congregation for Education, okay? and he hadn't checked with the Archbishop about asking for something. Archbishops don't like Rome interfering in their affairs. Okay. And sometimes pastors don't like. Okay. You have probably heard, heard, if you're becoming close to your pastor, okay, one of the functions that you can well serve is that you are a safe place for them to vent their frustrations. 
Does that make sense, Jack? Okay. Absolutely. They, they get annoyed with things just like every other human being, only it is it is politic for them to be very, very, very careful about where they let loose. Okay. What what deacons can do and those approaching the diaconate as you get closer to him, okay, and he begins to trust you more, okay, and that you can keep your mouth shut, okay, is that it's a safe place for him to keep his sanity by being able to vent, okay? And we're not allowed. I'm sorry? We're not allowed to do that. No, okay. Um, but you can vent with one another, okay? And, and go ahead. What were you saying, Danny? You have your hand up. Yeah. Um, I know the 50 questions that I have. I, don't, I, I just want to lay one one out so it could be 49. Um, what? I'm I'm very active at, at the altar. I serve with um you know, Father Elder, um you know the the kind of law, uh, pastor. Um, so it seems that are we also shield of the altar? Like are we shield, like we protect the priest like a shield? What, what, uh, oh, do we protect the sh the no no let me let me let me go a little slower are we a shield at the yes yeah, especially the, the deacon yeah. okay okay that was why i think we had danny the rule about and, and my rule not not a, a germ rule that a deacon or an installed acolyte who's right up there at the altar should never be praying during liturgy with his eyes closed. Okay? Yeah. Because precisely to be a shield. Okay? Yeah. So, okay? Yeah, because, say, uh, you you are you're the servant, okay? If, if the celebrant's focus is supposed to be on uh on talking to the Father on behalf of this congregation, okay, then anything that could get in the way of that, okay, you want to prevent that from happening. I don't mean tackling somebody. Yeah. But in theory, okay, if you know, some deranged guy is coming towards the altar with a knife and it's the middle of the Eucharistic prayer, Okay. Theoretically, I don't want the priest leaving the altar. I want him guarding the elements. Okay. Yeah. So, something similar happened uh, about uh, last Sunday. Um, there was a Eucharist minister that he told that there was that there was uh, um, there, there was a septic to come to the altar, but it's only me and, and Father Elder that is giving out the Holy Communion out to the parishioners. So this uh, parishioner, which he was, he's also an usher, he was walking up the altar and um, Father Elder, he kind of freaked out. I said, I need assistance. So I went, I went in front of him, like to protect, to see what was going on. But another usher came and explained that to, to the, uh, the usher that it's only me and Father Elder that are allowed to give out Holy Communion. But, you know, it, so that's why my question was, uh, we are a shield to protect not not, not only the, the the blessed sacrament but also the priest yeah 
Okay. No, I'm not going to say that that is written in the books anywhere, and I'm not saying that. Uh, I, I'm not saying that you are supposed to be like the Swiss Guards and die uh, before the the Pope does. Okay. Um, but okay, no. If you happen to die on the altar defending the Blessed Sacrament, eh, they're going to remember you for a long time. You should be a shoo for heaven at that point. Okay, for me? You should be a martyr, so you should be a shoo for heaven. Well, see, that I was thinking about that actually the other day. And what said, a way to go. If the guy is insane, he's not really killing you because of hatred for the faith. He's just a wackadoodle. Okay, so I don't know that you just maybe have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Keep your conscience clear no matter what. Okay. Okay. But Danny, there there is an element to which you are exactly right. Okay. That we are a servant to the priest so that he can focus on prayer. Okay? And that goes back to Act Six, doesn't it? I don't know where is it. Okay. We're taking care of the practicalities. Thank you, Deacon. Okay. All right, but you can keep your list down. So we're down to 49. Okay. Other items. Okay. So have we have we covered bows? Okay. In other words, that, that we're kind of an in-between. Okay. And this is one of the, the difficulties that I'm seeing with a, that... That folks who are learning the third edition of the Roman Missal, and at the same time are trying to go back to the John the Twenty Third, it becomes difficult for them to try to separate them out, okay? Because things of one get moved to the other, and vice versa. Okay, be better if they only say that you know the older guys. Okay would do the trend mess. Okay, other questions? Okay, but do you see how most things are going to be answered by the germ? Okay, but not everything by the germ. That okay? You really need to be comfortable with that and then also be reading in the missile itself. Okay, this is why I do recommend you know, and you get as you get closer. You don't. Every Catholic does not need one of these on his bookshelf. Every Catholic needs a Bible. Every Catholic ought to have a Catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay. Not everybody needs this, but as you get closer and closer to being installed, eventually next year as acolytes. You might want to consider making the investment in this so that you can read it at home and so that you are prepared. Okay. They, they're so expensive. Uh, I already have the collection or uh, the third edition in Spanish. So I got the okay. full collection. So I got, I'm starting with the uh, the English uh, section now. Okay. There probably isn't really that much difference, Danny, between the uh the new spanish one okay and the uh, and the anglo one yeah because i'm getting i'm getting also the lectionary as well that's why 
Okay. So right, right, right now, like the uh, the the four the the, uh, the missile and the and the full value uh, lectionary, they're, they're about like five hundred dollars. How much? About five hundred dollars. The, the the full set, the missile and the lectionaries. Okay, you for, for that number one, Danny, you have one second. Don't go away. This is a, Denny is a chapel size, okay? So nowhere near expensive as the kind that you would be using in church, all right? But I wouldn't buy it now because it's in the process of revision. So if you can get a secondhand thing for now, but I would not be investing big money in buying a set of the lectionaries. Okay? Come in. Somebody had a question? Actually, Deacon George, I do, but I just got interrupted. I, I don't know if I missed it, but if you're carrying, if you're proceeding in as a reader or as the deacon carrying the book of Gospels. A little lower. You should, you should bow your head, correct, when entering the sanctuary, stop and... Correct. Not a genuflection. Well, okay. I didn't see that mentioned, but okay. It, it doesn't say book of the gospel, but anybody who's carrying anything. Anything. Okay. Okay. So it's under the anything. Okay. Okay. And again, you're only carrying the book of the gospels if there is no deacon. Right. If there's a deacon... And it's and the choice was not made to either one use the book of the gospels because you don't have to use that. Number two, it might be already put out on the altar, mm -hmm. which is another option. But if they're carrying it in, okay, then primary carrier of the book of the gospels is a deacon. Okay, in the absence of a deacon the reader especially an installed reader like you will be in a couple of weeks okay should carry the book of the gospels okay? but never carry in a lectionary the only one that's carried in is a book of the gospels but what i'm talking about with danny is okay, that they are revising this okay uh, my my understanding from comments that Father Ernest made was that Conception Abbey revised the Grail translation of the Psalms that we use in the breviary. And that the plan is that the new lectionary and the new breviary are both going to use the same translation of the Psalms, which I think personally will be helpful. Okay. Does that make sense to people? You know how, with frequent repetition, that you're seeing, hopefully, okay. I hated memorizing as a kid in grammar school. I just never good at it. 
but it is amazing to me on how many of the Psalms, I don't want to imply a huge number, that I've got down by heart without having made any effort, okay? just by the frequency of repetition. And it would be good if okay, both the lectionary and the breviary okay, were using the same set, same translation. Make sense? Okay. Um, this is more from a catechetical point of view, okay? Because what I used to do at at Blessed Sacrament was depending on which month, okay, I would get the kids to memorize better that the the prayer of the day <coughs> was a psalm, okay and that it was introducing them to the language of the scriptures, I thought more powerfully than something like, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, okay? In other words, that you want to give something of a lot more depth, okay? So that if we could get people to be using, uh, using Psalm 95 or Psalm 100, as a morning prayer, or you know about how we can use Psalm 90 as our night prayer, 90, 91, uh, as our night prayer every night, that would be good for kids to memorize, not by effort, but by by frequent repetition. Doug, did you want to add something there? Uh? No, I'm just in my own parish, I'm not sure. I think as a reader, when we process in, I think we go right up to the sanctuary without any power at all. But then Steve and I were just communicating. Steve's in my parish, and he was saying that that's not what he was taught. So I'm a little confused. But it's not a big, you know, it's basically just almost, it's a pause, a bow of the head, and keep going. Right. Right. Yeah, under Father Bisignano, I believe he wanted us to do that. So I was all, I always did that. Monsignor John Durko, I don't think ever stopped me, so I that's I I just continued to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I don't want to take up everybody's time, but I actually thought I remembered somebody telling me not to do it. I can't remember who it was. So we'll go with the correct rubric. Okay. Everybody with comfortable with that? for sure. Okay. Now one other thing, and that is the. Bow of the head, what we're saying is keeping your shoulders straight and your back straight, and it's just the head that moves, okay? Um, when you are making this profound bow, okay, you are bowing from the waist, okay? It's not a thing of where you're sticking your rear end out. You've probably seen people do that, okay? And you also see how silly it looks, okay? So obviously, if we were not in this mess of this pandemic and we were not on Zoom, and I, I am getting more comfortable with it, but I find that if I'm talking to, right now, Danny, you are on the upper right-hand side of my screen. When I'm talking to you, I find I wanna go move over to you, okay? but I wind up being out of the screen. Um, this zoom doesn't help us 
giving each of you a chance to do it and for your classmates to critique you on whether or not you are able to do it in a way that is dignified, okay, never distracting, okay, and assisting the prayer of the congregation. Amen? All right. So in the absence of practice, right, anybody have other questions that they want to add on? I guess when we place the Book of Gospels, assuming we're readers, we go up in the sanctuary, head bow, approach the altar, put the book down of Gospels, and then there's a deep bow, right? Looking straight at the priest who's... If you, if you have gotten rid of the... If you have gotten rid of the book... Right, put it on the altar, I, right. If I'm coming up to the altar, and now I'm in front of the altar, I'm carrying something, I make the bow with my head, put it on the altar and then just leave. Oh. Mm. Right, so that's not what I was picturing. I'm glad you said that. I was a picturing processing and stopping at the step to the altar. You have to picture our church, I guess. So you step up onto the altar. Okay. I was thinking that's where the head bow would come. And then step up onto the altar, go around the altar, place the book of gospels down, and then a deep bow. Where am I glad? Yeah. We've seen it where the for the altar places the book, then comes back with the priest, and then they do a full bow. Mm. The the deep bow, okay. But better. The the bow of the head is replacing a genuflection and the genuflection would have been made at the entrance to the sanctuary right okay yep not at the altar <clears throat> okay now at mass okay in other words that the the altar gets its own greeting so that they've come in, I'm, I'm saying that there is a tabernacle someplace in the sanctuary. Okay. I, we enter sanctuary. If I'm not carrying anything, let us just say that it's deacon and priest. Let's also add, because this is part of the practicality, that both are capable of genuflecting. That's not always the case. They genuflect entering the sanctuary. They stand up. Okay. Then they go to the altar, okay, and they they kiss the altar. There is no other bow there. Am I making sense on that? Okay. Does that help you with your mental picture, right? It does, yeah. But it's not what I was doing, so I guess I'll change. Yeah, it. yeah Doug. What I was taught at St. Pat's: proceed in with the Book of Gospels right at the edge of the sanctuary, head bow, go up, put it down on the altar, then hands like this, another right. to go to the seat. A head bow on the altar as well? Yes. Okay. Once it goes down. That's, gotcha. that's what I... Good show. See, I don't know that that one is necessary. 
that that second bounce after you got rid of the book. Yeah. At least, at least I don't see it in the in the text. I don't remember if it was Father Bisignano or my. It probably was Father Bisignano, Doug, because I don't think my senior really, since he's come on, is. Yeah, he's never corrected me or said. I don't think he's ever put out many. But again, you know, I said that each each place is going to be that little bit of different. Okay, and as long as it doesn't, okay, you know, sick of discussion. Okay, right, right, right. Somebody like Matsinho Jandorko, you came up, you made this really deep bow, and you had the book of the Gospels in your hand. Then you went up and you put it on the altar. You came back down off the step. And then you got down on both knees and you went prostrate in front of the altar. Okay. Then you became the show instead of the assisting and putting the focus on where it belongs. Okay. I don't want to imply that you're going to get into trouble that you've added an extra bow spontaneously, just as long as you know that it didn't belong. Okay. May I make it Makes sense. Okay. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I think in our parish, Doug, maybe sometimes I think we need more training with the Eucharistic minister, even the procession itself. Sometimes people are spread out. You know, it's not, it's just, you know, maybe the, the readers, there needs to be some more traditions. Well, and, it's a thing of the past, anyway, Steve. Mm. <laughs> right. When was the last time, right? March? I don't know. In my parish, okay, we have a, and I wish I had a diagram to show you, okay. The, the altar is in a corner, okay. The chair is behind the altar, and there is a tabernacle off to the side, okay that there is no side altar okay there is only the one main altar okay we also have these pillars that support okay they weren't able to remove when they redid the sanctuary so that getting people in in our place what we did is we're coming out of the sacristy walking in front of the sanctuary and we're coming up to those two pillars that are in front of the tabernacle and those pillars in a sense they're also the baptismal font is at that location so the pillars are functioning like a gateway into the sanctuary and by everybody comes in reverences the blessed sacrament if they're capable of kneeling genuflecting then coming over to the altar reverencing the altar and so that by by figuring out where they're going that it makes it simpler and not a distracting way with everybody all over the place okay i don't know that that makes sense for your your situation but sometimes in words to alcoholics anonymous keep it simple stupid okay Okay, the simpler the better. Okay. Okay. Clear? All right. Any other questions? God willing, we'll see one another on Saturday morning. Okay.
Um, we'll check for bows. <laughs> okay. um, we'll be watching for those appropriate ones during the uh, during the uh, divine office when we say morning prayer. I look forward to being with you on Saturday, and um, let's pray for the vaccine. Okay, pray for a successful vaccine okay, that people will want to take. Um, but I think we need to plan for the long haul. Uh, this may be another year. Amen. Sad to say, okay? as God has blessed us in our coming together, so may he guard us in our going. May you all have a restful sleep, even those who have to work on doing some more tax returns. Okay. But good luck, guys. Okay? Our Lady Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. St. Callistus, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, one and all. Okay. See you Saturday. Thanks, David. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.